in this episode. You know, it takes time and effort to take a poop and not go in your pants, but that doesn't necessarily, you know, I still <laughs> applaud people for not taking a duke in public. Welcome. You're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, episode 16, part one, with Hunter Shea. Hello, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bannister. And I'm Chad Lutsky. And you're listening to Paleo Cheese Podcast, part of the Project Entertainment Network. We're the podcast where a seasoned horror veteran holds the white-knuckled hand of a horror newbie as they explore the genre together, film by film. And uh, we've got a great show for everybody today, Chad. Yes, we have a special guest, Mr. Hunter Shea. Hunter is the author of The Jersey Devil, The Montauk Monster, a Creature, they rise in over 20 other books, I think. Uh, he's also one of two co-hosts alongside Jack Campisi of the Monster Man podcast, which I was just recently on where we talked about elevated horror. And uh, because one podcast just won't do for Hunter, he's also on the Final Guys alongside the aforementioned Jack and Jason Brandt and some kid who really needs a haircut named Tim Meyer. And so if you haven't already checked out those podcasts you should do that right now so hunter thanks for hanging out with us tonight man appreciate it thank you very much if i could cut tim's hair i would out of jealousy at jealousy and spite <laughs> completely i just i like messing with him i miss that hair <laughs> i was gonna save this for labor later but i'll just say it right now that you know we know a lot of the same people and we're like associate with a lot of same people in the circle you know writing and all of that and it's weird because you can know someone but not really know them, not have ever even have a discussion and, and maybe even know somebody for a, a long time and never have read them or, or, you know, talk to them online and just never had read them very familiar with their book titles or their cover art or anything like that. And you were part of that. And, and I, I'll tell you why I, I hadn't picked up a book until recently. And it was because I think it was because I saw a book cover and it had a, I don't know if it was the book title creature, which I understand is uh, a little misleading. And I, and I heard it's it, a little it, bit. Yeah. And then I, I, th I, I think I saw another couple books that had like monsters on them. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if that's my thing that, you know, monster. I mean, I'll watch a movie, but creature features aren't really my thing. Um, and then I think Tim had put one out like a shark book or something. And yes. And, and I, I kept seeing them around. And then when I got to know you a little bit and we've been talking and stuff, and then I was on your show, I was like, I have to actually, I ordered the book way before uh, monster man. I think I told you it took like a month or, or five or six weeks to get, you know, get the book here. Yep. But dude, I'll tell you what, man, I am so glad that I, I bought this book. It's right here. Slash. Oh, awesome. And um, because I'm loving it, man. I'm a little less than a hundred pages in right now, but let me spoil uh, it for you. No, <laughs> no please. Yeah. But it is, you know, it's also a, a subject. And now it also makes me want to dive into some of your like creature stuff because slasher in a, a slasher film in a book doesn't sound appealing to me either. But, Didn't sound appealing to me when I started it either. Yeah. I'll tell and, you that. I'm like, how the hell do I do this? I love slasher movies, but I mean, face it, they're just, 
they're just kind of dumb eye candy. You're not going to walk away and go, wow, I, let me think on that one for a while. You know, it's just, it's just, <laughs> yeah. uh, let me check uh, out motivations of characters here. A quick, cheap thrill. And this one is really well written. And I really uh, like the, uh, it's just unique, dude. Yeah, man. I just wanted to praise you a little bit on the, dude, that's more nice things than my wife has said to me all year. <laughs> We've been <laughs> trapped in quarantine for months. Yeah. So. That's awesome. I was just going to say, like, when I write, like, um, I'm a big Hemingway fan. So I'm a big fan of just cut yeah. the, sh- just cut all the unnecessary shit out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a chance encounter with Elmore Leonard back in the 90s. Like, mm. Those two things kind of like shaped the way I write. Just get to the freaking story, man. Yeah. And that's the beauty about horror. I don't have to get all like, you know, fart sniffing. You know, this is, this is elevated fiction here. No, which is, it's horror, man. And I love the genre. I mean, this is it's all I watch. Uh, yeah. Occasionally, like you know, dirty cartoons like uh, Big Mouth. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's what I love. So I'm writing what I love, and I love the genre. And taking on something like Slash, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to translate like a slasher into a book because slasher movies are just it's a visual thing. Yeah, it really is. I'm, I'm like, I have to get inside the heads of these characters, which you don't do. You don't do a lot of head hopping. You just do weapon hopping. Yeah, and slasher movies. So it was a challenge, but I surprised myself because I'm telling you, I did not know who the uh, who the antagonist, like what the origin was going to be, until I wrote it like three quarters in. Mm. It like came to me. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so cool. then I had to do a I lot of imagine backtracking. that being tough, being tough trying to like having the slow stalker. You know, like how, how would you put, for example, the end scene? of it follows you know i mean you you could put it in there but i mean how you'd have to really figure out it's easy to do visually right where the you know you're wondering is it the monster this individual slowly creeping up and without just saying that you know yeah no slowly approaching dauntingly it's (laughs) it's literally all about the characters it's about the victims and the survivors the whole thing um but then trying to find look i intentionally put like the stupid decisions that get made so i was trying to honor the the tropes that yeah. make a slasher movie so they do do some stupid things but then they do things unexpected and then there are some you just have to create something brand new mm-hmm. and i tell everyone i will challenge the wraith to kick the living shit out of jason any day so i was just trying to make like a, a slasher killer that would just would just kick the butt of anybody else. I'm I'm also a very I'm I'm I can be really hard to please. So I don't if if there's a book I don't like, I usually tell people um to like not listen to me because I <laughs> I I just I think I got after I started writing things, you know, things change. You you it's it's hard to like put blinders on anymore. And yeah. and I I don't know how it is for most writers, but for me you know, writing has taken some of the fun out of reading because I'm constantly dissecting. And I would assume people who went to film school probably feel the same way in sitting in a movie theater and talking about, you know, well, this would have been better if they would have done this shot from this angle or had this dialogue. And so I kind of do that. And so I'm trying to enjoy something, but I critique it along the way. So the slightest little bit of, you know, poor that i feel is a poor sentence choice or something that's just too predictable um i pick up on right away and i i 
I have a hard time with it. But again, I'm not, I'm not a very good, um, you shouldn't listen to me if I say a book is, is, you should listen to me if I say a book is good. But if I say it's bad, don't, don't listen to anything I say. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I feel the same way about Chad when it comes to movies. You know, there's certain movies that Chad, like, uh, what's the one man? What, what's the, what's the one that will go down in history is like, I, I gave it like a five or something, something ridiculous. Uh, Unicorn City, man. Yeah. Un- uh-huh. Unicorn City. And Chad was like, you know, a two point something or other. And everybody booed. I mean, you could hear it around the world. It was echoed around the world. And uh, no, no. I love when people boo my reviews. Yeah. that's like that makes my day like uh the movie host we just did that on final guys and everybody liked it and i'm like the uh, a pro- the producer of uh one br listened to the show he goes he goes that was hysterical he goes because he noted that i said you know if you're a teenager or you know of lesser intelligence this is perfect for you oh no <laughs> <laughs> no and it was funny because that's an episode where like the producer and director listened to the show and they were like you know, talking about it beforehand. I'm like, but you know what? I, I, I gotta be honest. You know, I just didn't dig it. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. It might cost me an entire career, but fuck it. <laughs> and I, it scared the living daylights out of me. But the thing is, I'm the newbie, obviously, right? I'm the white right. knuckle newbie that's terrified of everything under the sun. And so, you know, I watched that thing. And, and part of the shtick here, man, is like, I got to watch it alone. Well, I don't watch it alone every time. Every once in a while, my wife will be downstairs with me. But like most of the time, turn off all the lights. You know, I'm sitting there in a dark room late at night watching these movies on the big screen, getting traumatized, all sorts of left and right. And uh, and I watched that. I mean, I'll tell you, is it may be the only movie I'd ever seen where my hair, you know, you hear people say, and their hair stood up on end. I'd. I'd always kind of laughed at that because I, you know, I'd been scared of stuff, but I don't recall. I never looked at my arm, but that night, man, my whole body, I looked at my arm and I'm like showing the camera. I can't wait to put the review out because you can see it in the camera. I mean, it's just like straight up on end. And I said, that is weird, man. So see, that's the beauty of art. Art. It's like everybody has a different thing. To me, Zoom means work. I don't want to watch something that's associated with work. And I Dude. saw this movie already yeah. in Unfriended, so I was like, eh, okay. <laughs> I, I I get that. I can't watch um I can't watch uh like shows like House or Scrubs or any kind of medical show because uh for the last 13 years I've done medical language stuff. And so all of their dialogue is just i I'm typing it in my head. And <laughs> it's just like I feel like I'm at work, so I can't so I can relate to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to hear all of these terms that I just I hear all day long. Even yeah. if there's a joke buried in there or drama buried in there, I I am that is not escapism for me. I'm back at the back at the, back at the computer, listening to the doctors. It's weird that you you know that uh, Jeremiah and I have you know we've only had the podcast since what uh, late spring or, or early spring or something like that, April I think, and. Um, we've been contacted a couple of times from people that we covered their films. And so we're so kind of nervous and because we like to poke fun at bad movies, but at the same time, we're not out to hurt feelings. And when we reviewed, um, I think it was our second episode and we reviewed killer sofa and, Oh, that's such a fun movie. Yeah. And I mean, it's a B movie, but it's a really well done B movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The cinematography and the lighting and everything. 
And it's, it's not something, I mean, it just, for me, it just works. And the director got a hold of us yeah. and um, said that his wife talked him into listening to our podcast because he doesn't, mm. he doesn't watch reviews or listen to reviews. So he said he was cruising, was across all of Australia or something, Jeremiah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so he listened to the podcast and and, uh, and he loved it. And and then he shared it and everything and he just wanted to reach out to us. And then we in, in that particular episode also, we talked about how uh, nobody uh, that was anybody was in Killer Sofa. And then later mm. we found oh, out that... Yeah. that yeah. Sneaking dude from Lord of the Rings and what else was he in? Like these well, huge movies. He was in a uh, uh, what's that called, man? I um, not Sector Nine. What is that, man? I'm, I'm going to kick myself in the oh, yeah. session nine. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, district. Uh, oh, oh, District. Whatever. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, dude, I, eleven or twelve or something. Is it? Man, this is going to kill me, man. Like, is some... it District? Yeah, district, district something. It's district nine, yeah. man. Yeah, some, district oh, ten or eleven. I, okay, I don't district feel bad now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, di- di- district nine is one of my favorite. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> it, I, I love the movie. I love it, and he's in that. He's in District Nine, and I have no idea. He plays a whole bunch of different roles. It would be easy to to miss him though a little bit, not to dog him, but because in fact to praise him and the makeup crew because the makeup they have on him in Lord of the Rings. He plays a whole bunch of different characters. Like oh, no way. And so, you know, he's, in fact, he's one of the. I thought he just uh, played a dwarf. No, no, no. He was also an elf. Yeah, I think he was an elf, a dwarf. And he was also one of those um, creepy people from Eyes Wide Shut that were riding the black horses and stuff. Get out of here. The robed, the robed monster creatures, dude. I realized that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, it'd be hard to know. I mean, that that would be a really tough one. But he was in it, and he was one of them. And I, I we sh- he was like, hey, I'm a kind of a chameleon. So he was cool well, about it. Yeah, I mean, we call ourselves out on Twitter. And I think yeah, we tagged yeah. him or something like that. Or, or maybe he just saw it, and it's he said, Cause I, it's because I'm a chameleon. And we yeah. had that dude from uh, from uh, The Pretender. Yeah. He's, that... like, he's like America's number one uh, Rocky Balboa impersonator. And there's a documentary about what a thing to put on your card. It is. He's a fascinating guy. Yeah. Uh, Kind of an interesting documentary. And I liked it a lot, but, um, you know, he reached out to us. He said that there were a couple things he wants to correct the record on. And my, if I had, I'm not, he left left voicemails for us. Yeah, he did. And so (laughs) just in case we didn't know who it was, it's like, now we know for sure, man. You know, he says, use guys. And I was like, okay, yeah, for sure, we're dealing with this guy. He's from my um, neck of the woods, then. Yeah, he's using yeah. used guys. He's from the Bronx. yeah used guys, and he um yeah he, he is a Jersey guy. The record, yeah, he is the Jersey guy. Yeah, because yeah, I, I used to live I used to live in Jersey. There's something about this year, like we've been doing Final Guys for three years, and in just the last in six months, we've had producers and directors and actors reach out to us for movies we've done, and we've had them on the show since and so then that's when you start to realize oh shit people are listening mm-hmm. like creators are listening so maybe we should what do we do you know do we do we temper ourselves do we pull back a little bit but my whole thing is i'll just let it all out i'm just like you know word vomit just whatever i'm feeling i'm just going out there because my thing is this if, if you're creating and putting stuff out in the public like we've done chad 
you got to have a thick skin. People are going to shit all over you yeah. and people are going to love you and you take it as it is. Yeah. And you know what? I, I don't mind the people who give crappy reviews. Whatever. That's awesome. You read the book. You took the yeah. time to actually give me a review. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. Thanks. I, I kind of wish the folks from Where Rooster, man, would reach out to us. And I, I wish that the, the news channel that we talked about, uh, <laughs> that news channel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I'd want to hear from the people. Here. I, I don't know you they'd don't, be too happy with us. Oh, I, you know, maybe not because they might. Well, I think they'd be more mad at me. At least in the beginning, if they even make it through, if they made it all the way through, they might be more mad at you because of the moral to the story, right? But yeah. you know, we we also played kind of nice, and I was hoping I even tagged them, man. You know, and I mean, maybe they're offended by that. They're like, look, you know, it's one thing to not like us, but now you're tagging us to let us know. And I'm like, dude, just, you know. And so, we, you know, tried to be cool about it because we were supportive of the idea that, you know, it takes time and effort and stuff. I mean, you know, it takes time and effort to take a poop and not go in your pants, but that doesn't necessarily, <laughs> you know, I still <laughs> applaud people for not taking a duke in public yeah, in their pants, job. you know, if they can control it. So, but, you know. They never, they never got back with us. You know what I mean? That was, that hey, was a bummer. It's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. Look, whenever somebody reaches out to us, we're going, oh my God, what did we say? And then they go, what did you say? Like, why is it always me? Yeah. <laughs> we had, we had one Same show thing. where we reviewed a movie like and luckily my internet spazzed out and I couldn't do the actual movie itself because if I said what I wanted to say, it would not have gone well. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually the internet saved us it's, it's so funny that he said that because <clears throat> both times with killer sofa and the pretender documentary that, that armand rosemilia made us watch uh <laughs> that's first thing we said when when they reached out we're like what did we say did we say did we say anything bad you know did we yeah because in the moment you're not thinking it just you're just talking and yeah then when you later on you go oh crap i'm just hoping oh, that well. they have thick skin and, and then that, that uh that they're not taking themselves too seriously. You just hope you haven't started a hashtag. That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have a feeling, man, that old boy from The Pretender, I have a feeling dude's got his target over me because I talked about his mom. I went all Freud on it, man. Oh. Well, no, I did not. I take that back. I did not go Freud on it. Yeah, no, you didn't. <laughs> no. Yeah, none no. of that. You were uh, just you were trying to analyze her body language is all. Yeah, I was talking about body language and, you know, what I think. And I still think it's, you know, kind of a, I think it's a deal. I think most, you know, people who look at body language and stuff might say the same thing. But it's also not my profession, right? So I'm not claiming to be an authority on it. But I wonder, because, you know, he wants to, wants to clear up some things. And I mean, look, if somebody came, if there's a documentary about me, you know, I'm a weirdo, you know, and somebody's tracking and following me and stuff like that. And uh, and makes a documentary and someone makes a comment about my mom and my relationship with my mom and whether or not she supports me. You know, I got I got pretty thick skin, but I'm all, I might also be like, a guy's kind of being a douche on that topic. You know, he's not necessarily playing playing nice with that going yeah. after the mom. Yeah. See, the beauty is I'm Irish. You can't insult the Irish. I've been in plenty of bars. Where people have said the worst things to us. And we're like, yeah, whatever. You want a drink? Of course you Shut were in a bar. Up. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, oh, dude. He said, I'm Irish. I was in a bar. And it's like. Well, I yeah, live two blocks <laughs> from a two mile long stretch of nothing but Irish bars. Oh, my gosh, man. I've been in England and I told them where I live. And they'd be like, "You wait, you're by all the bars. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> right, brother. 
Yeah. I come here to dry out. <laughs> you don't know what it's like over there. <laughs> so, Jeremiah, why don't you tell us what you've been uh, spending your time doing lately? You said it's oh not gosh. pooping your pants. Yeah, not pooping my pants. I work hard at that every day, Chad. Um, yeah. no, I'm I, proud um, of you. It, it, I don't always win, you know, most of the time. Um, I got a good record. I've been been a long time, but I've got stories to tell. So, no, this week, man, I've been uh, I've been pretty busy, dude. Because I'm I I got a show coming up. I won't won't talk too much about that, but I've got a thing where talking about politics and religion. So I'm doing a lot of culture and stuff like that, current events. And so I've been doing a lot of preparation for that. So I haven't been able to watch as many movies as I normally would. Um, watching videos on OBS and how to use it and in real time for live streams. So I've been watching a lot of really boring tutorials. Oh, God. It's, it's breaking my heart, man. I'm going through serious depression about it. Um, but in, in reading a lot of articles, which is also very depressing. Um, but I've been reading, of course, the on writing, uh, the book that you suggested, Chad, yeah. uh, Stephen King. And I'm, I'm reading that again now for like the fifth time. We should all if read I, it every year. I am not kidding you. Yeah. Look, it's right here by yeah right there yeah now i have the one where he's sitting down at the desk he's he's uh oh there we go yeah yeah his, his little desk his little desk man without with all that very old-fashioned technology all around him man i was like now it's just like a phone <laughs> a phone <laughs> a phone and a pad and you're like that's all i need um yep. but no been reading it and i'm loving it man i was uh reading it as we were out and about we got some starbucks today went to guitar center and i was reading it and I got to a part where he's talking about TV, you know, and um, how he, he's strongly encouraging people not to waste their time so much watching TV because, you know, you, what aren't you doing when you're doing that, you know, and that you could be reading a book instead. And I, maybe he's changed his mind since then. Um, but it was one of those things where I said, you know, I watch a lot already for the show and for what I do on my own time. And so I said, you know, I can cut out some of that stuff and replace it with some reading. Um, and how much he said, he said, what, what, four to six hours a day, um, of reading and stuff like that. And so, and, and he, and the encouragement that he gives even to, you know, that it's, it's impolite to, to read while you're at the dinner table, but that should be your second to least concern and that your least concern should be offending polite society <laughs> if you're going to be a writer. Exactly. And so I said, I love this. And so I've, I've been reading that and I've been reading, um, uh, I read, the intro, I wish I had it down here. I don't. I normally do. Um, the uh, very elongated intro to uh, to uh, Sun Tzu's Art of War. And it's fascinating to the stuff that I've been reading about because um, it kind of goes into the cultural dynamic of it and how easy it is for Western minds to read something, even from the past, you know, just, just take it Western people reading something that was written in the 1700s or 1800s to superimpose our beliefs on it. Um, and it's even add an extra layer when you're doing that to something as old as art of war. And it's from overseas, right? A totally different view yeah. of the world. Their worldview was nothing. They had an eminent worldview. And so, you know, even the way that we process uh, uh, things like dialectics and tensions, you know, good, bad, uh, the way time works and stuff. And um, it's just it's fascinating to read. I never knew this. And and I think it applies a lot to, to modern times. So I've actually been reading that um, 
no fiction though sadly you know it's it's really bumming me out especially because i just got jaws in the mail not long ago um and so i'm excited to read that i've got a whole bunch of these books that are eventually it's a hack me. don't worry about it you don't need to read that yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, the book is then, very different than the movie by the way yeah that's what yeah that's what uh uh, Jeremy Wagner was saying, he said that there's, you know, pretty good differences in there, but I got it. Um, and then as for TV and stuff, man, I'm still in the zone, dude, with He-Man. That's just what it is, dude. I've, you know, I'm watching these old cartoons and, uh, He-Man and Beavis and Butthead still. And so I'm, we're going through watching them. I, I love it. And I've been defending, you know, just kind of processing in my mind, you know, uh, Beavis and Butthead and the cultural significance of that. And like, what is it really about, you know, and the controversies where people, you know, there's a cool documentary about them and the kind of death threats and craziness that surrounded uh, the creators of that. Um, Which and makes kind of, no sense nowadays. Yeah. It makes no sense nowadays, you know, I mean, kind of like the a, satanic panic. It's a, stu a, a stoner talking <laughs> about uh, TP for his bunghole and going to Lake Titicaca. I mean, come on. Yeah, right. Exactly. And so, and I think that it actually is smarter than a lot of people because they, they would say, well, this is just stupid. And yes, you know, it, it can, you know, it's kind of an opiate to the masses of dumb people in one way. But on the other hand, um, it's kind of cocaine for the, the, the brighter crowd. <laughs> you know, they can, they can, you know, air Adderall, you know what I mean? Like they're, yeah. they're like, man, there's a lot actually here to, to talk about um, and, and to kind of talk about not just the political issues of the time, but also, coming of age and young men uh parents not around tv generation uh you know working at you know a place they're not making much money there's not a lot of prestige right at burger world <laughs> so um, i always thought that what yeah. they would do is they would take people they would take adults like the things that you find so important as adult like your priorities change and just like go why <laughs> what the hell is it like they just mock and when you think about it, when you become an adult, you go, man, I think Beavis and Butthead were right. I want to be on the couch just freaking in my Anthrax t-shirt watching movies. This sucks. <laughs> and it's I like it, too, because I – and it's the last thing I'll say about it. And that's all that I've been watching and reading, basically. But the – um, you know, I, I feel that that my judge, you know, I, I feel that at, that at least at that point in his life and probably always, um, that they weren't politically correct in that. But they had political correctness as a dynamic in the show, you know, like there's um, there's one. And I think he kind of probably is like this Americana Dem, you know, I think that's, you know, Americana Democrat style guy. Um, but there's a there's an episode where Beavis and Butthead, they, they wanted to go into this place because they, they had a substitute teacher, a woman saying that there was an event where there are these ladies that are going to be there. And she's saying that they're opposing these super hot chicks in Hollywood who are prostituting themselves out and they just hear prostitute. <laughs> and so they go, well, th these ladies, he's like, you know, is this, do they make you pay? And she's like, no, it's a free event. And they're like, what? Free and hookers. So, yeah. So they're like, well, we're going. So they go and they're the only dudes there. And they're trying to Mac on these women who even in the, the, the way that the optics of it, they're just militant. Right. Um, even even wearing some militant clothing, right, and buzz cut hair and stuff, and they walk up, man, and it just total fail. I mean, one maces Beavis in the face, and Butthead's like, you know, you're you know calling him a dumbass, 
and then goes up and he tries doing the same thing and all the women just come and start beating the crap out of him well the news guy when it was all over the news guy he's like you know and we're just we we thank god that the radical feminists have proved once and for all that the only way to handle men like this is is to turn toward fanatical violence and i thought on the one hand like i can imagine him saying that he's a feminist on the other mm -hmm. hand that's not necessarily the nicest thing to say about no. it. So I think he kind of balanced this thing and I, I think he did it masterfully. And so I, I've been really enjoying the show, you know, and uh, you know, it offsets all of the seriousness of having to study for what I'm doing next week. So what about you, Chad? Well, first of all, I think he man uh, would have been a better show without Orko. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe. I've never watched an episode of He Man. Like, like her. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now. It's <laughs> blasphemy. When He Man came out, I was having yeah. sex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it yeah. didn't matter. You know what I mean? I, I think I, I had He Man dolls in. I think I was watching. I think it was like eleven or twelve, and I had some of the action figures, and it was weird because I was collecting them. I really liked them. They were the coolest action figures at the time. That were that were out that you could get your hands on Skeletor, Beast Man, and Trap Jaw. They were bulky. And all that stuff. I remember they were like yeah, and you know there's Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain and and uh, Man at Arms little vehicle and stuff. But and I had some of that, and I remember specifically being around. Uh, I, I think it was around twelve and playing with them and feeling like, dude, you're forcing this on yourself. You're not having fun anymore with this. <laughs> And just kept trying to do it, you know, holding the dudes together going. And then I just came to the conclusion. was like, this sucks anymore. I'm, I'm getting older. And I remember it being very depressing that, that yeah. this pastime of mine where I like to collect these things uh, was not satisfying me anymore. But I, 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 I brought up Orko because, you know, that was like the silly comic relief. But when I think of a, a more serious he-Man that I think I'd like more, but there weren't, it wasn't as popular and, and it was before your time, Jeremiah, but uh, Herculoids. I, oh, I, remember I love really the Herculoids. Gloop and gleep. Yeah. Some of those older cartoons like Johnny Quest. I mean, people died in Johnny Quest. Like Johnny Quest guys. was an amazing show. Yeah. I mean, they would get shot. I mean, it wasn't gory or anything like that. It inspired Venture Brothers, which is an yeah. even better show. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I love it's Quest. It's funny you mention those those toys, dude. It's depressing, but it plays into what we will eventually talk about on the show, uh, uh, having to do with the satanic panic, right? The satanic uh, mm -hmm. ritual stuff, the fear. Um, and back then, man, it was like, you know, early 80s or whatever, mid 80s, and I'm playing with these toys, and I got a whole bunch, man. I think it was my birthday or Christmas or something. And I just I, I had accumulated a bunch of these things and uh, some some preacher evangelist or something came to the church and was talking about all the satanic stuff. And within that, they wrapped up Snorks. I don't even remember that cartoon. Snorks. Snorks. Hell yeah. I think I do. Snorks, Smurfs, He-Man, She-Ra, you know, Rainbow all this Bright. stuff. Rainbow Bright. And they made me, my parents made me give my toys away to this kid named Gabriel. At oh, school. no. And Gabriel, dude, it, it's it's worse than you can imagine. Because Gabriel uh, was the kid not only that was like the cool guy, but he had practically every He-Man toy already. 
you know, he was the kid that you come in and you're like, oh, look what I got. And you've got a cool, you know, trap jar or something. And he's like, oh, well, look at this. And he opens up Castle Grayskull and it's tumbling out of it. it's like 20 different He-Man toys. And you're like, oh, and all the kids think he's just dope. And he didn't I had need to them. give my toys. He didn't need them. They were superfluous, <sighs> dude. It was like, give it to him. I was crying, man. It, it broke me, dude, for a long time. It broke me. To this See, day, dude, I, you can hear it welling up right now. I was, we were fortunate. Like, we, we were a very tight neighborhood. I actually have moved back to where I grew up. So I'm in the same block. And where I grew up, it was, we were, there were, must have been about 12 of us, boys and girls, all within two years of each other. And I will never forget, we went from collecting Planet of the Apes, Mego, 12-inch yeah, action yeah. figures, Star Trek. I had the Enterprise. Um, we went to Star Wars. Uh, we had everything. And then in the course of a summer, we used to do Happy Days Kissing with Girls, where you open your mouth mm. and touching boobs. And then we all burned all these toys in our barbecues. Oh my god. See, I would kill the house. I burned every single thing I had in a freaking barbecue. Like when the when the coals had done, the parents had done, we would just put them in there and burn them because we were men now, man. We touched a boob, yeah. you know, that was like a, a minus A cup. <laughs> we're like, oh, we don't need this anymore. And we just we destroyed our entire childhood in the course of one summer. But well, whatever, I guess you know, it worked. Yeah, that was yeah, before yeah. you knew that was before you knew about yeah. eBay. Yeah, I, but meanwhile, I was saving all my comic books in plastic. I would buy two of every comic, one to read, one to put in plastic. So I mm. had awareness of that. Meanwhile, that stuff is worth nothing. Um, right. But the stuff like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. yeah. I put smoke bombs in it, covered in lighter fluid, and lit that shit up in the middle of the street one day. <laughs> that would have got me a lot of money. Dude, you know, when I was when I, in the 70s... <clears throat> I was a huge Kiss fan, like obsession. Oh, yeah. And uh, my room was just plastered with all the posters. I had almost all the records. I had the the uh, the Gene Simmons doll because he was my favorite. <laughs> and everything was, I had Kiss t-shirts and everything. And this started early. I think I started getting into them uh, around like, like soon after they came out. So I think it was like, I think that was like six or seven. So this is like 1976, 1977. And by the time I was... I think I was 12. This must have been like 80, 81 or 82. Kiss Unmasked had come out. And so they were starting to kind of like not be that great anymore. I mean, mm. I, I like that album, but I don't like much uh, after that. Was I Was Made for Loving You Baby on that one? No, that's that was on Dynasty oh, before Kiss song. Unmasked, I believe. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I, lo I love that song. Oh, did you, the, did you uh, do some <laughs> disco dancing to that song? No, that's a total I, I disco was, song. What the hell oh, are absolutely. they doing? There's a lot of disco type stuff yeah. uh, around that era. But mm. I remember, I remember, I and I also had all the Kiss baseball cards, just a huge stack of them. And the Satanic Panic thing had started. And at school, I was learning about um, uh, spinning um, the the Queen. Another one bites the dust was huge at the time. I think it was eighty two, mm. eighty one or eighty two, and. And then they started talking about how if you play that backwards, it says stuff like we all smoke marijuana or something like this. Yeah. And I got so freaked out by all the satanic panic stuff that I gave my all of my kiss records to um, somebody who was going to run a garage sale. 
for or for a local organization to to raise money i gave them all oh, that. look at you being civic minded and i and then i get no dude i was paranoid i was it was out of fear yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> it was not out of charity not out of a good good intentions i was scared of burning in hell so or or being possessed by a record somehow so um and when you play a record backwards when you're a kid it sounds scary and you can yeah you can come up with anything just like the originators the 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 the, the people who you know the the paranoid mothers and stuff they could come up with anything in there and so it's like a ghost box now those ghost yes shows. yes exactly sure like that. but the stack of cards i had with the bubble gum and all that stuff i mean i, I don't know how many i had but uh at least a hundred or so and i gave them to my uncle because i knew he had a burning barrel and i told him to go uh burn these things for me and oh. then i started once he left I think I found out more about like within like 20 minutes, I found out more about this, this satanic panic thing and how dangerous this stuff is and being an impressionable, you know, 11, 12 year old. Um, I was scared that he was going to get in some horrific accident because he had the demonic cards in his um, van on the way to Holy burn. Cow. And it didn't take too long before I regretted all of that, <laughs> the kiss stuff that I, I mean, I got rid of all, all of the kiss stuff and oh. uh, yeah, all of my vinyl, it was all on vinyl and all of the posters and the doll and the, uh, it's horrible, that man. Sucks. Gene Simmons could have bought it from you now and resold it for five times the value, but at least you get something for it. Yeah. The, I got to tell you, you know, it's funny. Mm-hmm. You're talking about like the fear of the satanic panic. I grew up not far from the son of Sam. David Berkowitz didn't live mm-hmm. too far from us. Mm-hmm. And I remember that when they were starting to figure out that this, the 44 caliber killer came from our area. And I remember they said they thought that he drove a, a yellow VW bug. And when we used to like play like wiffle ball in the streets, every time we had a spotter at the end of the street who would scream, Bug! And as soon as the VW bug came by, we just fucking scatter. Mm-hmm. And then when the bug passed by, we'd go back out and play. I mean, literally, we had somebody just watching out for us, thinking that like, the son of Sam is going to shoot us in the head. That is crazy. Um, but when it came out that, you know, you know, he, he talked to his dog, he was in a satanic cult. And I, I visited uh, at Untermeyer Park, the uh, old water house uh, where they used to meet. I've been in the tunnels down there. Um we thought it was the coolest thing on earth. Like we thought as New Yorkers, we thought the satanic panic was the, the coolest thing ever. Like we used to hope that our parents were secretly in cults and doing weird shit because just because it was weird ex- shit, we could do weirder shit. It was exciting. It was, we grew up unfiltered. I will t- like all of us, our parents let us watch and do anything. So we were exposed to every, I mean, I saw the exorcist as like a five-year-old in the theater. So we were just fascinated by it. But I think when I look back, I'm like, if they were doing crazy crap, well, damn it, we could go even crazier. We didn't have to listen to them. So there was that hope, like, I hope mom and dad are like hosting like satanic key parties in the house because I can do any freaking thing I want now. And they can't tell me no. (laughs) (laughs) Worse than I am. Yeah, wa- watching the exorcist in the theater smoking a cigarette at five. Like <laughs> that was that was my dad. Smoke, like, chain smoking cigarettes, yeah. watching the exorcist. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, drunkenly like telling me all these facts. Uh, Max von Sydow. Uh, 
so like he would just like mumble facts into my ear when i'm a little kid i'm like oh shut up dad i just want to watch this girl like say dirty words <laughs> i wish oh. i listened more that would have scared me if i'd have seen that at that age the i'll tell you the only thing that scared me as a kid growing up in the bronx was uh like home invasion mm-hmm. so because the concept of break-ins was real and it was in our neighborhood so that was that's that fear was so overwhelming that nothing else could get within that bubble so, so monsters and stuff i'm like oh it's fake it's in the movies thank god because so I'm a movie like the strangers would be your exorcist if I saw The Strangers as a kid, I'd still be pooping myself. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> that would have killed me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, Jeremiah, uh, two days ago you asked me <laughs> what, what I was reading or watching. I recently watched all of the um, the first three, or I'm sorry, four, uh, revisited the first four Friday the 13th films. And I, I just put it on the one just because I think I was taking a nap and the first one I was taking a nap and I was like, oh, you know, for nostalgia, I'll put it on. And I have to say, and the last time I saw these was with my son. I, I let him start watching some uh, movies. You know, he, I mean, he's 15 now. I think we started watching, kind of tapered him into, you know, some of this stuff. And we, I think we watched the, I think it was a couple of years ago, we watched all of the Friday the 13th movies together. And it's weird. I don't, I don't know if, if you're watching something with someone. Like, for example, I can watch a movie like Killer Sofa, let's say, with my wife. And maybe really hate it because of the company that I'm with. And because they, they might not be able to appreciate um, uh, the wit or the fact that we're supposed to be laughing at this or something like that. But with Nakoda, my son... You know, he would laugh like when we watched Halloween together. I was like, okay, now this is going to be, it was like his first rated R movie. And I was like, well, this was my first, Halloween 2 is my first rated R movie. You know, you're old enough. I'll, I'll, and and this was, this was like three, four years ago. You can watch um, the original Halloween. I think he was 11. And so he, um, he laughed all the way through that movie. Through Halloween? Yeah. He laughed at all of the scary parts, particularly when Jason or uh, I'm sorry, Michael is like coming down the stairs. He just was in tears and it ruined the whole movie because it's always been one of my favorite movies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It ruined yeah, the whole yeah. movie for me. So a year later on Halloween, I watched it again and, you know, there was pure redemption and it felt great because I loved every minute of it. And that kid was not watching it with me. <laughs> Never again. And yeah, that's what happened with the Friday yeah. the 13th. He enjoyed them, but it was, you know, there was laughter and stuff. And, and there's a lot to laugh at in those movies. But it took some of the joy. And so recently, when I watched the first four by myself, oh, man, I had such a good time getting that redemption again, you know, like <laughs> with Halloween. And I, I did come to this conclusion. I'm not a fan of the first one. Um, I, I, under, I, I think for at the time, um, it was a cool movie, but knowing that there's so much more after that makes it not as good for me. And I, and I don't think that, you know, there's a couple cool scenes, but I just feel like so much was cut, you know, uh, so much gore, more gore could have been in that movie. Because that, there were there's gory- a lot of movies like that in that series where you're like, oh, there's no gore whatsoever here. Yeah, and here's some yeah. Gorn boobs. No gore, Gorn boobs. It's like alternates every other movie almost. 
Yeah, and and there were gorier movies before that, you know, like uh um, you know, the uh what's what's his name? Um Herschel Gordon, you know, he had stuff before that that were oh, you know, that was blood sucking freaks. Yeah, bloody <laughs> stuff, man, blood feast and and all that's in so yeah. It's not like it hadn't reached that level yet. It was past that level of gore, but you only there wasn't much gore in, in Friday the 13th. And I just didn't uh, care for it that much. And it's weird because I've always loved uh, three and four as my favorite in the series. And it's the only series I can think of that the up in style four, one through four, the movies actually get better instead of worse. Any other franchise that that pulls that off the way that Friday the 13th does. Of course that's subjective, but um, most people I talk to a lot, a lot of people I talk to their favorites are either three or four. And for me, man, it's four and six. You like six too. I love six, but six, I, what people miss now because everybody watches shit at home is the theater experience. And six was the greatest experience I ever had in a theater in my life. It was, they oversold it. So a hot girl had to sit on my lap. We made out through the almost the entire movie, and there was laughter and fireworks going off, and people laughing and screaming, and like it got so crazy in that first viewing that we hid in the movie theater, so we stayed for the second show, and so we could actually like enjoy the movie. But it was just that was the best time so you, I ever had a movie. So you have a lot of other stuff attached to it. Do you think that you would like it as much without all of that other? Like I sh- I showed it to my mother last year and mm-hmm. we had a ball. Yeah. So I, to me, it's still a fun movie. Any movie where Horshack from <laughs> Welcome Back Cotter helps to revive Jason. Come on, that's that's you can't beat that. It's I he goes from like the killer to the really the unkillable killer mm-hmm. in that movie, and I just love it. I also, it's fun. I, I even like five. I think a five is underrated. Well, because Jason's not in it, so yeah, a lot of people hate Jason's that. Not, yeah, but it's a fun movie. Yeah, there's good, weird. There's some good kills in it. I think I, that I, was the one directed by a porn director. Could have been one of them I, was. I, I no think he, that's the one that the guy directed porn and and he directed that. Aren't, aren't all the Friday the Thirteenth porn? <laughs> you know what? Not enough. <laughs> not enough. Okay. <laughs> I, I do not like uh, Jason X. I, I it has oh. one of the best kills in the entire franchise, but. I really I can't stand that movie. We can't be friends. I think no. I don't like uh, Jason Goes to Manhattan, which I just rewatched like two yeah. days ago. It was in the background it's, while I was watching. I'm not big uh, on working. that. Too. I was like, this movie sucks. Jason X, I actually like a lot. It was it was great fun revisiting those, and I had such a blast, man. I I love them now more. I've always liked them, but I like them now even more um, that I was able to get that love for them back. And um, I, I'm I'm reading. Well, I've already showed that I'm reading Hunter's book Slash, and, and enjoying it. I'm reading another book for an author and for uh, a blurb. I don't think I can, don't think I can say their name, but they're um, Hunter. I know you know who this is, but uh, I, I I probably shouldn't say anything. And should then we, I just should we do a game show right now so we can guess? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could just cut it out. It's one of yeah, those pretty pressure people. Pressure luck with no whammies. Just be like, come on. <laughs> Big money, no whammy. now, blam. <laughs> <laughs> and I just read something yeah. else recently. Someone asked for a blurb. I've, I think I've been asked for eight or nine blurbs this year, and I haven't given very many of them. 
Um, sometimes I just haven't had time. Um, some eh, maybe not blurb worthy. So uh, yeah, it's tough. You gotta <laughs> got to be real careful with those. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I, I appreciate, um, you know, people reaching out and stuff and I, and I feel bad and I try to make an effort because I have gotten some amazing blurbs from people and taking the time and I'm super appreciative of that. But, um, yeah, so I guess I, I can't mention that, but I did want to mention one thing before I pass the torch to Hunter there that, uh, today is our friend, Jeremy, Jeremy Wagner's birth 50th birthday. welcome to the club yeah that's what i told him earlier so uh, all the day i've been been repping uh jeremy's band and uh so if by the time this episode's out it it will be a very belated birthday but you should go celebrate the fact that it was his 50th by going to get one of his books or broken hope album or great great nice nice guy man (laughs) super nice i love that guy but uh, Hunter, what have you been reading or watching? I mean, you're probably watching a ton of stuff for your show, and, and if you can't talk about some of that, that's fine. But no, I mean, or... I uh, I just finished In Search of Darkness, the four and a half yes. hour documentary on Shutter about '80s horror. I haven't seen all of it. I've watched maybe ninety minutes of it so far. I would, I <laughs> so I I spent like two weeks, I watched a bit here, a bit there. Mm, yeah. And a couple of times my wife was like, and she, look, we grew up in the 80s. We were dating in the 80s and renting six, seven Mm -hmm. horror movies a weekend and just watching them. But it's so funny because she's just like, oh, geez, you're still watching that stupid thing. I'm like, I could watch Mm -hmm. this forever. If this was an eternal documentary, (laughs) I could watch it absolutely forever. The only thing I wish they got was just more celebrities and creators to be on the show. Yeah. Because uh, there are just so many out there, but you know, people like Keith David, and uh, there's just Stuart Gordon, Larry Cohen, which I, and they dedicated it to Larry Cohen, who he's he's one of my favorites. I'm glad that it's they didn't have a bunch great. of people like uh, that weren't there. Like, I don't want to see another documentary that has Eli Roth uh, in it. <laughs> I'm not. Now, a, I'm not an Eli Roth fan. Yeah, and you know what, what was he like? You know. 15 then so you know we can't have him in there but mm-hmm. there are plenty of others i wish they had in there but tom atkins was there so this mm-hmm. there there are there's just enough to keep you going where i could if they told me they just loaded up another four and a half hours i'd be very excited yeah it's probably my favorite thing i've watched all year at this point other than come to daddy oh that I was, was just, good dude that oh was good. we saw that come to daddy in the theater at an, at an alamo and when we sit down there's these plastic bags. There's a pen, and it looks like there's like chocolate or stuff all over the pen in the bag. It's the shit pen, which we didn't know. And like you pull it out and you you lick off the chalk and you go, oh, this is your come. It says come to daddy shit pen. Really? Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely awesome. It's this whole like pandemic thing. The only two things I miss is going to the Alamo and going to a baseball game. Everything else I don't give a shit about. I'm perfectly yeah. fine staying inside my cocoon. Um, so yeah, I finished uh, Into Darkness, and uh, I've been reading Blake Crouch's Wayward Pine series, hmm. which to me, Blake Crouch is probably one of the best fiction writers alive right now. His stuff is I, I can't put it down. Um, so I'm in the book. I bought. I was away in uh, up up in Maine, and I bought the first book because I'm like. 
I can't believe I haven't read these yet. Devoured it in like two days and then just loaded up the other two on my Kindle. So I'm halfway through the second one and just it just blows me away. I hate his guts. I wish I wrote it. <laughs> I haven't I haven't read them, but they, they made a series with Matt Dillon, right? Is that the same? Yeah. Okay. So now I'm gonna have to watch this. Like now that now I'm like so invested. I can't get out. I'm gonna have to follow this to the to the end as wherever it takes me. But man, it's so good. That's awesome. Yeah, I I remember liking the show, but for some reason I don't think I finished it or or it got canceled. Did they finish it out? I, I can't remember. I don't know if they finished the it. End of it. Which would be too bad. Look, if you just read the first book, mm-hmm. you could walk away feeling completely satisfied because that first book is really amazing. Yeah. Um, the second book is is really, really good too, but you can't there's a there's a punch at the end of the first one that you can't top. Mm-hmm. You know. But that's all right. I'm I'm really I'm going down this roller coaster and I'm having a good time. The documentary that you were talking about. To go back a second, that documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do they have uh, an episode like there are a whole bunch of '80s movies and stuff? You mm-hmm. were saying. Yeah. What's oh, the yeah. name? What's What's the name of that? It's in search of darkness. In search of darkness. So what they do is they go by year from '80 on to '89, and they do movies but then they do like subgenres and subsets of those of the of yeah. the 80s that's oh my god I, I i can't express how good that is it's really so cool. they oh the, they start in 89 no they start in 80 no 80 oh they start in 80 good yeah uh because yeah 1985 there was that movie fortress and I don't we know. Do if not ever... talk about Fortress. I know the movie you're talking about. <laughs> I only threw that out because of Chad. <laughs> Seriously. <Here are> my... <laughs> there were so many movies. 1985. They do not hit. And I'm like, oh, like, don't don't talk about this. Like when you get to the later 80s, it's like all these sequels. I'm like, all right, you already gave us an intro to the first. Do something else. So they should have done Fortress. Okay. Yeah, I guess I take it. Chad does not like Fortress. <laughs> no, no, it's, he, he's it's easy a... because Jeremiah, you know, he can count on uh, oh. all of his digits, yeah. um, even though including the extra the thumb, yeah, including the extra thumb, the nub. He can count on all yeah. his digits practically. Uh, how yeah. many? I mean, he can list uh, by name the horror yeah. movies he's seen. Yeah, never be yeah. able to do that. I don't care how much time you give me, and so he's always talking about. I, and and so it's been brought up in at least probably seventy five percent of our, our yeah, sixty yeah, episodes Fortress. that we've done. Even it's the creators Fortress of Fortress way. don't talk about it that much. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, I just and it, talk- it was one is one of those movies that just stuck with me for a long time. I've only seen it one time. That's it. I've that's all, the only I've only seen it one time. But then I I rewatched it in my nightmares many times after that. We watched uh, it. Nightmares. <laughs> it was yes. It was it was definitely one of the most rerun nightmares I've ever had. Um it was in my head. It was it was terrible, man. I was like, you know how you were saying the idea of like breaking in freaked you out, you know, yeah. as a kid. And I was gonna actually bring up Fortress when you said that. I was gonna be like, you know, masked people outside of a school, like Fortress. <laughs> but I decided to hold off, you know. But uh, but no, the the idea of you know being in school or away from the parents or something, and all of a sudden these crazy dudes and Santa masks like that that crap just really freaked me out. Kind of like you're saying, you know, it's just I can one see of those that. Years. Yeah, because yeah. it can happen. Yeah, 
Dude, I, I swear your notes every episode say look for segue into fortress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But speaking of a segue though. Yeah, right? there you go. Yeah, speaking of a segue. Let's uh let's start talking about the house of the devil. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. One of my favorites. Let's do this. Let's yeah. do this. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs>